Alright guys, um, good morning. This is the second podcast in the Crossing Rivers podcast. Um, I was going to try to make this a daily thing, and I do still want to do that. That is the main focus. I just have to not, you know, lack on it like I did yesterday and the day before, because I kept thinking, no, I'll record them at specific times, and um, with each time I did this, it recurrently got harder to do it because then I kept thinking, no, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And I keep procrastinating. So instead of doing that today, I woke up early and I said to myself, you know what, I think I'm just going to record the podcast early in the morning and um, get it over with. So um, today we're going to be talking about um, something that caught my eye the other day on Twitter. And it's this old post, I think it's from June 5th, 2019. And it's it was made by it was written by Randy Robinson in the Mary Jane um, magazine, and basically it's talking about how Oakland decriminalized mushrooms and pretty much every natural psychedelic. All right, so um, so what does this mean? All right, so the following, following in Denver's footsteps, Oakland decriminalized psilocybin mushrooms along with peyote, I think it's called, and ayahuasca and other plant-based psychedelics. Oh my God. So Oakland is now the second US city to decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms. So basically once this happened, um, it caught my eye immediately because I was started to think about how this is kind of how the medical, you know, cannabis market started to move where it was nobody really thought you know it was going to be that impactful and people were trying to um they were looking at it like no it's it's starting to decriminalize itself but that'll that won't really spread around and you know i think that's a lot of what the conservatives people wanted to do they didn't really want it to spread around and they thought it wasn't going to and it did and um cannabis became in the norm in these states now and it's completely legal and they can consume you know whenever they want however they want um within their regulations, you know, set by the state. So now with psilocybin mushrooms, the funny part is for me is that now this is, this is basically what's happening. This is the same thing that happened. It, you know, it started to get decriminalized in one place, you know, and slowly but surely, boom, it already got decriminalized somewhere else. And this is including, yep. I'm reading, trying to read the list here. Um, the criminal decriminalization, the use, possession, and cultiva- cultivation of natural psilocybin, of nitro- natural psychedelics derived from plants and fungi, okay, including ayahuasca, peyote, and DMT. Oh my god, DMT is in this. Synthetic or human-made substances such as LSD or MDMA remain criminalized. So this isn't opening the world for just psychedelics. This is opening the world for medical-based psychedelics. So this is kind of what's been happening for cannabis in the aspect that people probably, you know, didn't think it had a medical benefit. And now that it does, it's starting to have the same, like, okay, this is a plant-based, you know, substance, something that we've been using for millions and, you know, hundred million, what am I talking about? Hundreds, millions and thousands of years before. I don't know what number is bigger because I'm dyslexic and dyscarculic and, you know, don't, don't help me accountable for my numbers. But you guys know that this plant, you know, and uh, obviously mushrooms have been along for way longer than cannabis has because mushrooms are just older 
within the timescales of life. So, with this being said, now with Oakland decriminalizing this, um, what are you guys, you know, what are you guys' thoughts? Because I've been seeing a lot of tweets of people that have been against it, um, because they think that this is taking a little bit too, too far, um, and I don't know if I'm with those people, because this has been shown to have a lot of good results with people that have PTSD, depression, you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, and this treats other illnesses, so terminal illnesses, because it basically, when you have a psychedelic experience, sometimes it helps you cope with, like, if, if you have a terminal illness, like, let's say cancer, and, and you are going to pass away, and you d- aren't comfortable with that, you know, you're scared because it's completely understandable that you would be, I would be horrified. What this allows people like that to, to, you know, to have access to something that will give them maybe a different perspective on that will set their priorities straight for the time being. And they'll be like, okay, I have this amount of time and these are my priorities. What do I have to really get in order before, you know? So I haven't tried them yet and I really want to get my hands on a couple mushrooms because I feel like that would be the best way to start my psychedelic experience. Um, my brother has tried LSD and I want to give you guys a, you know, a little bit of an analysis on that, but I want him to be the one to do it because I think it it should all be said by the person that actually, um, you know, was involved in the trip. So I think I could just formulate some questions. If you guys want to leave me some on Twitter or on my Instagram, you know, crossing rivers, you guys could do that. But if not, I'll just come up with, I'll look for some and I'll, I'll try to find, you know, I'll try to make the conversation interesting for you guys. But basically what this, um, it tells me about the markets is that now we're going to have a medical market for the, you know, psilocybin area. And what I think that should be, should happen straight away is what I always think is the mistake with the medical and the recreational stuff. And that is getting people to separate the markets. And this is really important to me because for me, if you keep the markets together, it's an invitation to problems because now, now you're keeping, for example, okay, let's, let's go into the medical market when it comes to cannabis. And I'll try to explain this, this, and then we'll see how this could eventually translate to the medical, you know, to the medical and recreational market for the, you know, mushrooms, because let's face it, this is medical now, just like cannabis happened. This was only medical. And at some point, someone's going to want to be, Hey, I just want to do it for fun, or I just want to do it to try it. And I don't really have an illness or an, you know, an ailment. And that's going to happen. So we can't really rule that out. And this market will open. And this is why I think that people should get on to on this a lot faster with the psilocybin thing than with cannabis than they did with cannabis because well now they're just playing the catch-up game with cannabis and you know and, and lo que uno alcanza you know and lo que uno llega and lo que uno puede llegar a I'm sorry I started talking Spanish I st- I, I was looking at somebody crossing the street um in in the time that you start to to actually fix the medical and the recreational market for me this is the biggest problem when you have a medical market like cannabis, for example, you have people that have a lot of ailments that are actually going there for the medical benefits. And I'm talking about elders. I'm talking about people with medical condition. I'm talking about girls that have really, really bad, um, menstrual pains. And then for people like me, you know, a completely right, a completely healthy, 
um, 23-year-old to go to a medical market, you know, a medical market dispensary to, to say that I have an ailment, let's say um, I don't sleep that well, like I don't fall asleep that well, so I know cannabis helps me with sleeping, so for example, insomnia, I could say, you know, I have problems with that, and sometimes I get really bad back pains from the positions in which I sleep, so I can't stay asleep for a long time, so that type of stuff hurts me, but I don't want to go in there and list that as my ailment when there are people that are really, really, really dealing with some horrible stuff that they need this, and I'm just going to be another clog in the system trying to get it from the medical market, so, um, at least for me, and I know a lot of other people are comfortable doing this because, hey, you're compliant with the law and that's way better than doing it illegally and waiting. Like for example, I live in Puerto Rico where the state is still just medically um, just medically decriminalized, but it's still not recreational. So I still haven't pulled out my license because I, I don't know, I'm conflicted. I have conflicted feelings about doing it that way because I don't agree with it. And then the second thing is, Outside of that, um, oh, I hope you guys, oh my god, why do you have to be so loud? I hate it when they do that, um, because it's currently like 8.30 in the morning, people are trying to sleep, and they're just making a lot of noise, so, um, where was I? I, I completely lost my train of thought, I think I was talking about, um, medical, 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 and how it leads into recreational. So this is why I think the recreational market should be separated because for me, someone that just wants to get into it to at least have the recreational license and not bother a medical doctor or, you know, a medical dispensary with that ailment. And I could just go to a, you know, to a place where they want to grow for the high. And that's kind of what I think a lot of people are missing because then we have people that are chasing the high going to the medical market and that's forcing the bud tenders to not know if their patients are or you know it forces i've seen this with my aunt my aunt is a medical cannabis user she has a medical card she goes to dispensaries and she's told me how bud tenders and stuff like that um and the people working there try to give her something that's not on her order so for example her order from her doctor is this 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 ratio THC to CBD usually it's a lot more CBD a lot less THC for her um, and that's her recommendation from the doctor what happens is when she gets to the actual dispensary it's happened to her a couple times where the bud tender recommends something different or something with a lot higher THC level and stuff like that and people aren't used to that so for example the way she says it is that her her blood pressure went down and of course it you know it's your blood pressure does get affected by can by THC because it's a coagulant it makes you it makes your heart be a little faster a little harder you know so it makes your blood looser that way more blood flow flow happens and that's why your eyes get you know red that's why you have those little blood capillaries you know getting on your eye part you know the white parts of your eyes so she felt you know like she was having a mental breakdown when really she was just really really high and basically this this comes from what i think this comes from right is that me me if i was a bud tender i would probably have the mentality of i consume this you know, probably on a daily basis, and I do, 
and I know more about THC and cannabis than a doctor does that only studied a course or what. That's probably, you know, what most of these bud tenders are thinking. They're young people. Like, I'm talking about, I've seen bud tenders that are literally right at the threshold of 21 years old, and I know that I'm 23, and that's not literally saying that I'm older, but these are people that are in my same range of, oh, yeah, I feel confident with what I, with my information, you know, like, they're not just considering the fact that this is a patient that could have an ailment that, if introduced with THC, could be counteractive to them instead. So, I see that, you know, like, that type of recommendation wouldn't be bad in a recreational market, because, you see, that's kind of what they would be looking for. So, people would be like, oh, are you looking for something that's really going to, you know, knock you onto the couch? Are you looking for something that's really going to give you a kick when you go, you know, on that trip, you know, like um, to the woods? Do you really want, you know, specific highs? And they're going to be able to to say, okay, so this provides this, this provides this, this provides this, and give you what you want. Unlike the medical market where they're specifically trying to get rid of an ailment, a symptom, you know, like puking, vomiting, nausea, um, no sleep, um, pain, and you're, and what, you know, what I'm trying to look for is more of an experience. So I do use cannabis to deal with my pain at night and, you know, and to sleep, but I also know that I just like, I love the effects of being calm yet, you know, completely immersed in whatever it is I'm doing. And I love that about cannabis. And I feel that I think it's worth waiting for a market that is a little bit more in tune with that because that way people that are going for the medical go for medical and people that are going for recreational go for recreational and I don't think that there'll be a fight, you know? So what I think about the the actual psilocybin market is that if this happens a little bit faster, I think it could help a lot of people because then there wouldn't be a lot of people going in trying to claim that they have either PTSD or they have insomnia, or, um, you know, like all the other ailments that I listed earlier, because um, people will do that. People will now claim that they have that to get access to psilocybin mushrooms, and that's why I think that people really got to get on board on regulating it in a recreational system as well, because that way they will open the market for other people, and they will also keep it safe for other people. So that way, you know... Um, Remember, regulation for me, I think, is really important because that way, once you're buying, regulate, you know, once you're going to some place to actually list yourself and and you feel safe knowing that the product you're getting is safe because it's not, you know, from an illegal substance, just like we were talking, just like um, I made a video for the WeTube that I haven't posted yet about the um, cartridge thing that's been happening with the fake cartridges and everything. And, you know, what to really look out for, that it's not just the cannabis cartridges themselves, it's the cutting agents that they're using to fill them out, you know. And I had a conversation with my brother about this because um, people still, they're still consuming them because they're just cheaper to make. And the recreational market is really getting affected by it because, exactly, they're going back to the black market to get these cartridges because they're a lot cheaper, but then they're also... The reason that they're cheaper is because they're getting diluted by cutting agents. And that's really what's, you know, getting people screwed on the actual cartridges. And then outside of that, I'm not even going to get started on, you know, um, jeweling. Because I I think that jeweling was kind of the... Jeweling was kind of the first thing that no one really thought was bad. Because they thought, hey, 
you know, like, this is not creating any smoke out of anything, you know, this isn't burning any other thing, and this is just fruity flavors, and people just, me included, because I was one of the people that were, wasn't the fat at, be, at the beginning, I was like, I like this, I can, you know, smoke, but it's not really, I can even try it without nicotine, and then, now you're just introducing flavors into your lungs, which have no reason of being there, you know, these e-liquids that have, like I say, no rhyme or reason at all, so, um, you know, with that being said, 11, come on, come on, mama, she's barking at a, at a cat, and I don't know if it's a good idea, but anyways, I think that that's a good cue for me to end the podcast here, if you guys want to hear a little bit more, I think I might do a second podcast later in the day, um, since I didn't do the other two that I was supposed to do these extra two days before, so, um, yeah, second podcast, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about, I don't know what the topic is going to be, but if I'm able to talk about something, maybe I'll talk about the cartridges thing again, or I'll continue talking about something completely different, but if you guys have liked the conversation that's been hap- that has been happening here um, in the Crossing Rivers podcast, please follow, subscribe, however it is this works, because I'm really new to the podcasting thing, and if you guys want to follow me on um, the weed tube, it's crossing rivers as well, cruzando rios, and Instagram and um, Twitter. So you can follow me wherever. I also did a TikTok account, which is actually pretty fun. I didn't think it was going to be this fun, and it's it's pretty cool. So if you guys want to find me somewhere else and see me, well then that's where I'll be.